Welcome back, everyone, to a special bonus episode of Lance and I's World Class Cast. This show is usually up on the on the Patreon and Patron feed, but since it is Christmas, we're feeling in a very festive mood, and Lance and I wanted to do something that we normally just put out for patrons, and norm- and you can look at this as a patron preview to see kind of what's behind the paywall as Lance Peterson and I review World Class Championship Wrestling. We are currently into 1984, although this episode covers part of 1983 in Christmas Star Wars, so Merry Christmas. This is a bonus episode. You know, just something that Lance and I wanted to do for everyone. Uh, I thought this was a good one. Lance thought this was a good one. So here it is. We're going to sit down and we're going to talk about World Class Championship Wrestling. This episode actually is from January 14th, 1983, as you can see in your notes. However, the very first match they show is David Von Erich versus Ric Flair from Christmas Star Wars in 1982. So just a few weeks prior. All that said, let me welcome in my co-host to the World Class cast each and every, I'll say, other week because we take normally two to three episodes and we review them every other week let me welcome in lance peterson this is the first time he's on the quote-unquote free feed for booking the territory uh this show is just a little bit more professional than the normal show so (laughs) not as much horse shit not as much shenanigans not as much bsing but lance and i keep it real and talk about world-class championship wrestling so lance let me welcome you into the free show for the first time hey merry christmas merry christmas to everybody glad to be here i hope everybody got what they wanted for christmas uh just uh, I'm down here in South Texas trying to uh, watch out for reindeer on the deer uh, up on the roof, you know. As we get into this world class show, and I want to introduce you all to Lance because uh, many of you may have may you may know Lance on Twitter at SMU Heavyweight. He posts a lot of world class uh, information there, uh, historical stuff from all the Star Wars. He's got uh, Lance. How many programs do you have for world class? Just in general, from your, whether it's sportatorium shows, Thanksgiving Star Wars, Christmas Star Wars, any of the big shows. Uh, oh, I mean, gotta... you got to have thousands, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it's probably really a couple hundred, going from 1949 at the sportatorium through uh, 90 seven at the sportatorium you know i've got you know just decades upon decades i'm always looking for something from the 30s from the sportatorium but i cover it pretty well that all the decades and then all the huge shows of of world class all the texas stadium all the cotton bowl shows uh put all the uh christmas uh programs up just recently um of all the christmas from 81 through uh well, actually, then they went on to the Sportatorium later in uh, 88 and 89. But I have uh, 81 through 89, all the uh, Christmas in Dallas programs up. I have all Thanksgiving programs up. So, uh, you know, I cover a lot of the big shows. I don't have much of Fort Worth uh, programs, just a few. But uh, I think I cover the heyday pretty well. Yeah, you do, and you share a lot of it on Twitter, so that's why I wanted to plug your Twitter, at SMU Heavyweight. And I apologize to those watching on Patreon on the video. I started the video a little bit late, so my apologies. Uh, you only missed about uh, four minutes of the opening. Uh, Lance, uh, Me basically uh, tooting Lance's horn and uh, him going to all the sportatorium shows and all the world-class shows over the years. So Lance got a couple hundred, but Lance, let, let's, uh, let's jump into this thing, man. So it's good to have you here on the free feed for the first time as we preview, or I say preview. I mean, we're given a preview of what the world-class show is like, uh, but you know, for, for you, you and I do this all the time. Uh, basically today we're going to do just January 14th, 1983 of world-class. Uh, normally Lance and I take two to three episodes. So we'll jump into this one. It's like I said, January 14th, Bill Mercer, opens the show he we are shown a video package of the missing link and carrie von eric uh, mercer tells us that carrie and link will battle during this week's episode uh, mercer also tells us we will see the best of the nwa world heavyweight title match with david von eric versus rick flair 
from Christmas Star Wars, December 25th of 1983. So let's let's get into it, because that match, they jump right to it, and they are joining it in progress. It's David versus Ric Flair for the NWA World Title. Uh, back then, let me just say this, and I'll throw it to you. There's a portion of this match where David Von Erich is working an arm bar, and he's working it for a while, or, or is it Ric Flair? I'm getting it all twisted. And the crowd is... Go, David, go. Go, David, go. Boy, you could work an arm bar back then for a long time. But that said, let me throw it to you and, and let you give your uh, excellent analysis on this here match. All right. Well, you know, uh, first I want to set the scene. You know, the last uh, few months of 83 into 84, so in September of 83, David actually is the Missouri champion. And besides being in Dallas, he's pretty much dominated uh, being his career as being in St. Louis at the time. He was uh, feuding with both race and flair back and forth. So he's really, you know, at the top of the sport right here. And, and here's the world title match here in his hometown. And this is just fantastic. Uh, it, it's Flair at his best, David at, at his best, and here we go. We join the match in progress. Um, you know, Dave, we're told that David was in control all the, the, the whole first part of the match. I think we're at 15 minutes or so. Um, but we join Flair on offense. He's jawing with the fans. Um, the crowd, again, at date, go, David, go. It's just crazy inside World inside Reunion Arena tonight. It is just nuts. Um, we don't get highlights of David's offense, but, you know, they had been wrestling so much, they could just do this in their sleep, Yeah, <laughs> have a match. Um, you notice right away David's wearing the yellow tights with the blue stripe that Kerry will wear at uh, Texas Stadium. Uh, he's also got his regular boots on. And when Kerry goes to defend the title in Japan, after winning in May at Texas Stadium. He's going to wear both those trunks and those boots in several matches in Japan. That's kind of neat to see. I hadn't seen this match in a long time and forgot he was wearing those uh, tights. But we go to uh, five, the 552 mark. Flair locks da uh, backs David into the corner and calls. You can definitely hear Flair calling the next sequence. Uh, hear Flair's voice right away. Um, David whips Flair into the ropes, and David gets a sleeper on Flair. Um, finally, Flair back suplexes to to escape the sleeper. Um, then David reverses a pile driver. Uh, Flair fighting off at 7:43. Flair's fighting off an attempted claw. He knees David in the midsection to get out of it. They're trading punches on their feet. Uh, Flair then chops David and goes for the uh, top rope, the famous top rope <laughs> Flair move. But David, of course, recovers. It throws uh, Flair off the top rope. Flair's begging off. Uh, David again attacks him in the corner. There's a big knee by uh, by David for a two count on Flair, a cross body by David for a two count, and then David with a backslide for two count. So there's the backslide. We'd actually seen a backslide uh, already in this episode where uh, Jose Lothario had beat Black Gordman with a backslide. So see, that backslide's not so uncommon in world class. <laughs> uh, Flair throws David over the top rope. He's, he's frustrated and throws David just straight over the top rope. But Manning, and there is a ambulance outside my house uh he throws manning <laughs> re manning refuses the dq and starts just counting carry out out of the ring um this is huge the fact that the crowd realized that manning is not going to play this bullshit oops we're on the free feed i want to watch my language he's not going to play this uh this bs uh, just the opposite let it fucking fly brother 
Hey, hey. Oh, I Lance is uh Lance is a white meat baby face in terms of old school wrestling. He doesn't curse a lot. He doesn't swear a lot. He's definitely not like Harper and Doc and I, where you know, um, <laughs> we're talking about busting guts out and and all that other bullshit that you hear from us each and every week. So uh, the world class show is generally a pretty clean show for the most part. I'm not saying Lance doesn't let one slide every now and then. However. Uh, yes, uh, it, it, Lance, if you don't want to, <laughs> it's That's okay right. if you curse, but if you do. Oh, I know it, some of those Monarch <laughs> fans will be listening to this show, and so I've got to watch that language. But, uh, you know, it's a big deal that, you know, Manning is not going to call for the DQ after he after David throws Flair over the top, or Flair throws David over the top rope. That is huge. I mean, the fact that, oh my gosh, how's he going to get Did out you? of it? Did you write down the time stamp? Tamps, I can't even speak. Did you write down the time stamp when he throws David over the top and that, Manning says, "Hell I'd no." Probably right at ten minutes. Let's let's look at the ten minute mark. Um, okay. I know the big knee was at nine nineteen. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay, so yeah, go to nine fifty five. All right, let's see. I'm a little bit before that as I'm as I'm watching it. They just did the backslide. Um, Yep, yep, he he tosses him over right after it, and Manning is like, no, and I loved it because the crowd kind of goes nuts. You can see a couple people react uh, kind of to say, oh, damn, here we go. You know, he right. did, he DQ'd himself. David's definitely not going to win the title now, but David Manning Von Erich, as we like to joke and call him, uh, David Manning Von Erich says, no, you threw him over the rope, and he and he, he emphatically give Manning, give David Manning a lot of credit because, you know, for even people in the top rope of the building uh, or top top uh, of the building he's emphatically saying no you threw him over the top with his body language and i'm not calling for a dq so that was really really good right there from uh david manning but go ahead lance i didn't mean to cut you off no that's that's really important part of the match you know that that we didn't see that you know he just wasn't going to disqualify him uh just absolutely great um so Flair's mad at Manning. Uh, back in, David gets a small package for a two count, and David with a suplex uh, for a two count. Um, the crowd just crazy as you know Flair's begging off. You know David is just total control, and he catches Flair in the middle of the ring with the claw. Um, it, it, you'll notice uh, I think Flair drops the blade actually into David's trunks right there. I don't see any other way that he could have gotten rid of the the blade. Um, but it's a great full minute as David has the claw. Both are on their feet and slowly David wears Flair down. It's it's just classic. Uh, finally, Flair laying flat back on the mat, reaches over and grabs a microphone off the uh, commentator's desk and cracks David in the hair, head. Uh, Flair's out of it. David's laying flat on the mat. Uh, just bloody i mean he's he's blading his forehead to the skull right there david is because he's going to come up with blood all over his arms and everything um it's, but unfortunately manning at that point does have to dq flair for using the microphone both are out of it uh kevin and carrie are both out you know we end the, the whole scene with them uh, you know right there taking care of their brother the whole family theme at christmas and you know we'll get him next time it's a it's a great match to show what Flair did in and out every night in these big arenas, having these huge matches and how the world champion worked. Um, I think by now that people, anybody that watched during the heyday kind of understood what the what the champ was doing and that the championship didn't really change that much. You know, anybody that started watching, you know, right after the cage match of 82, you know, by the, by this year, you've seen Flair escape so many times. You kind of understand how they work the, the world champions, what I was thinking. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, everything you said is spot on. What I want to do now for everyone is I'm going to play the end of the match. If you're watching on the, the Patreon video portion, you'll see it. But let me play the end when David's got the he's got the the claw on and then you'll you know see him roll around and hit Flair with the or Flair hit him with the mic. So here it is. David Viner holding Flair seeking the world heavyweight championship. Flair continues to come down. Flair bleeding. David has split his scalp. Rick Flair grabbing the microphone and he bumped. David Von Erich with the microphone. Rick Flair smashed David Von Erich with a ringside microphone. Bleeding on the floor, David Von Erich is slowly rolling on his face. But David Manning is not disqualifying Flair to protect the championship. David Von Erich, the winner! David Von Erich, the winner! A little bit of crowd noise there. <laughs> yeah, you could hear him come out. Rick Flair is still the champion because of this qualification. I'm gonna let it roll for a minute because David Monner is gonna make an David David Mann is gonna make an announcement. No choice No, he is disqualified. David Manning saying he has no choice but to disqualify Flair. And he still has 23 minutes, 48 seconds. David Manning has no choice but to disqualify Ric Flair. But Flair, by virtue of the disqualification, does keep the world up. They do not turn over the championship on a disqualification. Now Kevin has come in, Kerry has come in. Flair was close to losing that championship as David Von Erich had the claw hold on him. But Flair reached over the edge of the ring and grabbed the microphone here on the table and smashed David Von Erich on the head. Earlier, Manning could have allowed the disqualification of Ric Flair because he threw David Von Erich out of the ring over the top rope. But Flair, once again, maintains his championship. Yvonne Eriks console David, and we'll be back for more world-class championship wrestling in a moment. All right, so there you saw it, uh, or heard it as well. David Von Erich wins, but it's a typical DQ. Ric Flair weasels his way out of it again. He first threw David over the top rope. David Manning said, no, we're not going to go there. We're not letting this happen. You're still going to wrestle. But he had no choice at that point when Flair really cracked David with that microphone across the head. I mean, he, you heard the whack from it so yeah uh lance any other thoughts on this you know, match before we move yeah, forward just, again i'll say you know the with the brothers coming out and the kind of the scene at the end you know it softens the blow he didn't win the title we see that david david's actually wiping the blood you don't see that a lot where he's wiping the blood all around you know looking like he's really out of it and everything and they get up to uh you know just standing over you know to stand up to uh cheer to the crowd whatever uh pose to the crowd but 
it, it kind of softens the blow there. You know, they do that at a lot of reunion matches where all the brothers come out anytime there's something wrong. We saw it in the middle of the year with uh, Kevin and Flair where David came out and had to help uh, Kevin whose shoulder was hurt. And so, you know, it always it's the family thing and that's what they're pushing. And, you know, that is world class the pushing the family unit. Yeah, it's what they do, man. I mean, it, it, it's matter of fact, that's what they do. I, I was entertained by this. I mean, I knew the outcome, obviously. I hadn't seen this in a very long time. But I thought it was a good match. I oh, they, yeah. You know, yeah. you heard that it's a different world. This is 1983. We always talk about it whenever we do these uh, old shows. David got a hell of a reaction a couple of times when he puts the, the claw on Rick. You, you hear the shrills from the crowd, like they erupt. And then, you know, when when he won, I think everybody realized it was a DQ when Flair hit him with the mic and David Manning called for the bell. But you still heard an eruption from the fans saying, yeah, he won. The problem was, as we all know, the title never changed hands on a DQ. It had to be a pinfall. So uh, it's pretty cool when, uh, you know, David's got the upper hand and he's putting he's got the claw on flair and there's looks like there's no way for him to escape you know until he does the microphone but it's the hometown move you know he does have the uh, a long sleeper in there but you know the claw is as much world class as anything and there it is you know the hometown move everybody's just this is it you know david there's no way that flair's going to get out of it this time we've already seen him not you know get disqualified so he's not weaseling out of it so you know it just brings it to just such a, a great climax uh, just fantastic Lance, I mean, you obviously weren't like smart to things back then. Did you think, you know, growing up here in Dallas, did you think that David had a chance and no. win the world title that night? <laughs> no, I was, you, I was pretty smart by by this by this time because I was seeing several territories, especially I was watching a lot of Georgia at this time. Um, I was able to get that. You know, I kind of knew that it was a traveling world champion and what the, what the deal was. But you know, you can and I didn't see this live, so you know, I knew the next morning. I had the article in the paper where you know what happened. So you know, no, I never. It was it was hard to let your imagination go until until Texas Stadium, where it seemed like there was a real shot that Kerry was going to win. The irony of the fact that you were not at this Star Wars is you actually made a lot of the big shows. Yeah, from you, now on, I won't miss any Reunion Arena shows. This is one of the last big ones I'll, mi- I'll, I'll miss. Um, I'll be at the Texas Stadium, the Cotton Bowls. I won't be at any in Fort Worth, but I'll be at the um, at Texas Stadium, Cotton Bowls, and then we'll be back at Reunion as far as uh, each year. Uh, it'll be the Thanksgiving Christmas show through 87. They'll also start putting a Thanksgiving, uh, Fourth of July in '86 and '87 in Reunion Arena, so they're you know at a lot of big shows and a lot of sportatorium matches later on. I wasn't at the sportatorium at this time. I wouldn't start going for a few more years, but um, I'd made a you know I earlier in the year I'd been at that April first show with Kevin and Flair at the State Fair Coliseum, which was the first time I'd gone to a live show that was incredible. So I'd seen Kevin and Flair and been at Thanksgiving that year. So went to a couple of good ones in '83. So we'll keep, with that said, we'll keep it moving, though. We got Bill Mercer, who is about to sit down and talk to Buddy Roberts, and then he's also going to talk to Michael Hayes. Let me play the, play the first portion of it first uh, with Mercer as he sits down and talks to Buddy Roberts. I'll pause, we'll give our thoughts on it, and then I'll play the second half with uh, Michael Hayes, who is incredible. Uh, let's go to that soundbite right now. Here it is. Earlier this week, we met with Buddy Roberts, one of the Freebirds, for an update on the fortunes of those fabulous three men. Here's what we found out. Another rather momentous occasion on world-class championship wrestling. 
the six-man World Tag Championship has changed hands. With me is one-third of the new champions, or I should say the champions again, Buddy Roberts of the Freebirds, the big trophy. And this was interesting because since Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy can't wrestle in Texas, you took this match into Georgia. How did you happen to pull that one off? Uh, why Georgia? Because it's friendly? Well, I'll tell you what, we did have a return match clause, and we did want it in the state of Georgia where things would not be prejudiced against us, may I say. So you had friends there who also, or is this a general rule that the claw is banned by for every wrestler in uh, Georgia as it was banned for the Von Erichs to use? Well, the, the claw should be uh, barred and banned in every state and every country in the world. But it's not. It, but it's not, but it was barred in this match, and we did not need any help from anybody else to win our belts back. We won it on strictly class. I see that you lost the six-man world championship recently with Ric Flair as your helper when Michael Hayes was gone, right? Yeah, if Michael Hayes was not barred from the state of Texas, uh, we would not have lost the belt in the first place. All right, now that we want to talk about a rematch. We have Michael Hayes standing by on the telephone. We want to talk about a rematch in this and some of the things that can happen because I know the Von Erichs want that very badly. However, two-thirds of the Freebirds can't come to Texas, so let's, let's hold that for just a second. Let's go back now to... Uh, the world-class championship wrestling, wrestling Star Wars, and the Christmas time, and take a look at what happened with Michael Hayes coming in as Santa Claus. One of the most dastardly things, in my opinion, that you've ever done, in the three of you. Uh, probably you've done some other things that uh, you're proud of. This one I can't imagine you being proud of. As Michael Hayes comes in, we think it's Santa Claus. Michael is clapping his hands, and it turns out as he walks around, grabs a hand, and smashes David on Eric. And immediately, Everybody goes into panic. What has happened to the spirit of Christmas, to what children think? Why did you do this, buddy? Why did Michael do this? Why did he come up in this outfit? Well, first off, uh, there was a promise made that the Von Erichs would have a Christmas present. And all that's happened here is uh, the devil does pay its dues, and it did happen on Christmas Day. And so you're proud of this? Well, it made me very happy, especially this right here. <laughs> Here's one of the great things that children look to in Christmas. Santa Claus represents all the good things of life. And Michael Hayes comes in dressed like this, tears in and out of the ring, and creates an image of Santa Claus as being, well, a monster. And you, li and you like that. Well, hey, they just got what they deserved. That's all I got to say about that. All we right. probably have worse things for them coming up. Oh, well, we'll, we will certainly want to check into that. But Michael Hayes is Santa All right, Lance, I paused it right there before we go to Michael Hayes. What were your thoughts on this from Buddy as his uh, hair is back? <laughs> you know, uh, oh, Buddy, he does a, he a pretty good job here. You know, he's going to be more of a talker and talker through the years. Um, the thing is, you know, Hayes and Gordy are both now out of the state for the month of January, maybe longer. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, so devastation is going to rise up as the, the main heels for everybody during January. But uh, Hayes and Gordy both are out. Gordy had been going to Japan since uh, August of 83, a, you know, a few months earlier. But this time, both Hayes and Gordy go over to Japan. And I don't know if that's Hayes's own only uh, tour of Japan. I haven't looked it up, but this was definitely his first time he'd gone over there, and they teamed in a, a two or three matches. Uh, I think and Gordy had a few more solo matches, but that's what's going on. I just wanted to throw that in. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's really in Japan on this phone call at this time, but uh, you know, 
so what's happened is they've had this match in Georgia, and a fictitious match. The Freebirds have, have won the six-man titles back, and now in order for the Freebirds to, uh, I mean, the Von Erichs to get a rematch, something's going to have to happen. Somebody's going to have to give. The Birds are going to have to come back with the, uh, you know, with approval or something like that. We're going to get into it in a minute, but you know, the Birds have got now got the title, yet they can't come in and defend. I tell you what I love from this right here. Mercer asked Buddy if he was proud of what we saw and heard there with Michael Hayes attacking Mike Von Erich and, you know, being under the Santa Claus outfit and whatnot. And Buddy says, Yes, I was proud of it. <laughs> Buddy says, The Von Erichs got what they deserved. Um just great heel stuff right there. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I, I do I do, <laughs> do love the fact that uh uh, buddy's hair. Actually, I'm going to talk more about that in a second when he wrestles uh, John Montel next. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get. You got anything else before we go to, Mike, no, to Michael no, Hayes' portion? This. All right, let's hear what Michael Hayes has to say as they conference him in by telephone as Mercer and Buddy are sitting there with the six man tag trophy. Uh, they're sitting, I guess, in an office or at the Sportatorium as they call Michael Hayes. Here it is. Anybody by telephone? Uh, you're in Atlanta, Georgia, Michael. I'm sorry we couldn't get together with you. Yeah, well, I didn't feel like letting you or your silly cameras in my houses anymore after the previous two visits you had. Yes, well, I, I can understand that. Uh, they have been rather tense. Now, I want to go to the six-man World Tag Team Championship situation. There are a lot of things that could happen. The Von Erichs want to rematch, naturally. But uh, they don't necessarily want to go to Georgia because they can't use a claw. You can't come to Texas. How about, how about some of the ideas you have of where and how this could be done? Well, then uh, there's about 48 other states left in our country where we can go and have it, and there's about 60 or 70 countries where we can have it. You know, the right stipulations, as far as I'm concerned, we can have it anywhere, Mercer. But you know something, since you bothered me enough at my home in Georgia, this beautiful state where we won back our beautiful sixth man, which was not lost by us, but Ric Flair, let me bring a couple things to point real quick, because, see, I'm busy. Number one. This thing started in the Christmas 82 when I gave Kerry Von Erich the world title on a silver platter and he refused it. Number two, all your conspiracies cost us a lot of things. It cost us our world title one time. It cost me to have to leave. Everybody knows I beat Kerry. It also cost us what happened the other night. And that's why Christmas night, that's what it cost you, man. It cost you a year's worth of retaliation. That's why I sat back and did it. And if you don't like it and if anybody else don't, that's too all right, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting harangue, but are you willing to wrestle anywhere that the Von Ayers can use the claw that this can get into a straight-up match? You know, Mercer, I guess, you know, you must be hard of hearing or your mother was scared by a parrot. I just told you, man, that any amount of money can add, you know, where there's money, there's a way. All right. You see, that's, that's what brought us off of Bad Street, man, okay, because we scrapped and we we for everything we ever had to get, not like them silly Von Erics that had their daddy give them everything. So you pass the word along, man, because you never know when the free birds are going to show up because there's only three of us. We can't be imitated. We can't be duplicated. All right, Michael, thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, thank your you time. very much. Hey, don't bother me anymore, all right? We will not do that, certainly. <laughs> well, that's Michael Hayes. Are you in agreement? I'm in total agreement. Us free birds, we stick together. Of course, what Michael tells you to do, you do anyway, right? Hey. <laughs> we stick together. We work as a unit, as one. Okay, brother? All right. Thank you, Buddy Roberts, very much. World-class championship tag team champions. And we'll be back with more world-class championship wrestling in a moment. Mercer don't have a problem with 
getting snotty and being kind of <laughs> assertive. He never does. We've talked about that on the show numerous times in the past, but uh, I I think Hayes is just a consummate heel right there. The Freebirds, I love when he said the Freebirds tried to help the Von Erics, but they were too dumb to accept the help when Hayes tried to give Terry the uh, you know carry the world title on a silver platter uh, at the previous Star Wars from 1982 uh, in the cage match when Kerry uh, fought you know Ric Flair. But what did you have from this, Lance? Ah, you must be hard of hearing or your mom was scared by a parrot. What was that line Hayes just said? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's great. Uh, You know, Mercer's going to get into this. They must have gotten a lot of flack for the Santa Claus thing or expect it because they make sure on this, uh, on the syndicated and the Fort Worth show, the Channel 11 show, that the kids need to know, you know, it was Michael Hayes. It wasn't Santa Claus. And they stress this. I mean, I remember it to this day how much they stressed it. And we're going to talk more about it in just a second. Um as I said, you know, Gordy and Hayes are in Japan and, uh, Buddy's going to be on the house shows and be on, on matches all month long. He's, uh, he's pretty much going to be married to Kevin all of January of 83 on the, uh, little spot shows kind of, I think, uh, you got, a uh, Mantel's going to be uh, with, uh, missing link. And of course, Garvin and Adams are going to be tied up together for months. So that's kind of what's going on. And, uh, you know, it's a fun interview, probably done over at Channel 39 since it's just down the street, basically, from the Sportatorium. So, you know, their home base. Yeah, I I, I, th- I thought this was a good little segment. It, it is interesting, like, Mercer brings it up about Santa. Because uh, he's like, you ruined the image of this Santa in the kids' eyes. And, you know, do you, are you really proud of that? And he's like, yeah, I am proud of it. <laughs> this was I thought this was a fun little sit down with Buddy and oh, Brendan yeah. Hayes. Yeah. And, uh, it's a, it was good that they did. And, you know, some things that, you know, I, I never realized back in the day was that Hayes and Gordy were in Japan. No, I, I did not. I just didn't know. I had no Absolutely. way Absolutely. And for people that, are, you know, the, the, the Von Erich fans that are kind of listening to this for the first time, when when Gordy get, comes back and he has the Oriental Spike, that's right at August of 83, and they say he's gone to Japan and gotten the Oriental Spike, That uh, that is when he went to Japan. And that was, you know, his first time over there. And, you know, that just led to a whole new career. Basically, you know, I mean, yeah, a whole new career for Gordy because he's going to be a star in Japan for the rest of his life, basically. Um, yeah, but we didn't know that back in the day. We didn't know when those guys really were going to Japan. We'd hear Japan talk, but, uh, you know, we just never knew. Yeah, I guess if you were, quote unquote, a smart fan back then, which I wasn't, you, you figured it out, but, and you knew, but I, I didn't know. So, all right. So we then go from that to that kind of, I guess that kind of wraps up what went down somewhat, what went down in, in the sport, not the sportatorium at reunion arena on Christmas night. So we go now to, we're back in the sportatorium on this episode and we got buddy Roberts versus Johnny Mantel. Uh, we saw it during the interview segment uh, as we watched and listened a second ago, but buddy's hair is finally growing back. I mean, it's been gone for over six months, but his hair is back. albeit short. Now, in reality, if if he would not have cut any of his hair over that six month period, he would have possibly medium length hair by this point. Because six months had passed since, <laughs> the, since the hair cream was put in his hair by Iceman King Parsons. I mean, that was in June, Lance. That was some pow- that, that was some powerful stuff. That hair, a free bird hair cream, <laughs> powerful. Yeah. So we're seven <laughs> months later. Come on, he would have. But but anyway, I think it's funny to point that out now. But but uh, let me give you my thoughts on this match. I I didn't have a whole lot from it, although they did go a long time. Uh, Johnny Mantel near the end, he hits a nice clothesline uh, near the end of the match. And then Mantel rolls up 
buddy into a small package. Uh, but in the end, the time limit draw happens, and is just as Mantel puts Buddy in the small package for that pin. So this, uh, I guess, I guess I'll say a long match, uh, but. It was kind of typical. I mean, if you think about it back then, we got a lot. We've said this on the Patreon shows and patron shows a number of times. A lot of these matches in the Sportatorium, you got long matches and they went to time limit draws. But what did you have from this, Lance? Yeah, you know, one more thing on that reunion arena. That would have been as big a move, the, the Santa Claus coming in, if they had lost as it would have compared to the cage match. You know, the cage match with the cage door slamming on Kerry's head cost him the world title. This didn't cost him the, the Von Erics the match. So, you know, it's remembered, but it's not like, you know, the worst thing in the world. I mean, they I don't think they played it up enough that Mike got piled dro- drove. You know, he, he should have really played that up for the next few weeks hurt, but I, I don't think he's going to. So, yes, the uh, era of the uh, the headgear is totally gone with Buddy. Uh, Mercer is just telling people how bad it was, you know, desecrate the symbol of Santa Claus. Uh, you know, it was just a, such a bad image for the youngsters. Mercer says he's been uh, suddenly says he's been handed a note during this match. Um, he says the six man uh, match at rematch has been signed. Mercer says, as I understand it, part of the match, and we don't have all the details, but Gordy and Hayes will be allowed back to uh, uh, defend the title. So he's, you know, again, for people who haven't been listening, you know, I talk about this a lot. Mercer. You know, has to be in more general terms. He's doing the syndicated show while the Channel 11 show out of Fort Worth, which sells the tickets to the local audience, you know, you know, they're here, you know, selling tickets to all these little spot shows to the reunion shows. That's kind of Mark Lorenz's job in Fort Worth. Um, So Mercer, you know, keeps it really really general because he doesn't know exactly what steps have been released yet to the public on the channel 11 show. Um, Cause by the Lance, time this, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so let, we're, we're talking about the Mercer's doing all this during the Johnny Mantell and buddy Roberts match. But I, what I wanted to say too, was maybe people who are listening to this for the first time, the world-class show, they don't understand the difference between the Fort Worth show and the syndicated show, which is the show we're reviewing where it took place in Sportatorium. I don't know if you want to give a Cliff Notes version of that. Um, Cause I mean, I, I didn't, I had no clue about that as a kid growing up. I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't know there was the, the Fort Worth show, the, the, uh, what is it? The channel 21 show. Channel 11. I had no clue. Channel 11. Say 21. Channel 11 show. <laughs> it was a channel 11 show that came on in the, the area. That was not the show that, most of us around the country, if we got world class in our market, we never got that. All we got was the syndicated show, which is the shows that are on the the WWE network. Right. So you got the, what we're seeing are the matches that are filmed. They have matches weekly at the Sportatorium, but they filmed every two weeks. They filmed two episodes, but every Monday night was the regular show in Fort Worth, and Fort Worth had equal, you know, really good shows to the Sportatorium. Um, right. So, but during that show, Mark Lorenz is the the host. He's more of the storyteller. These matches are a lot longer, a lot more uh, mid card to lower mid card matches. So we saw Johnny Mantell, you know, three times as much as we see him on the syndicated show. Um, in a lot of those things, you know, we'd see Super D one versus Mike Reed. You know, these opening matches, and but the, we'd get all these hot interviews. I mean, all these interviews, all these angles happened. And once in a while, we got you know big matches you know they'd show a a six-man match from the uh big convention center shows a few weeks later so the channel 11 show handled all of fort worth um 
and the, and the interviews are what are, are stand out to me all these years later. Um, I always want to see the Fort Worth shows, and a lot have shown up on Reunion. Uh, I mean, on uh, YouTube, and I I just think they're they're fantastic to watch. You can you know if you can find the big six man where they show the like the big six mans like the uh, the match of the year they say in '84 was the uh, the Bad Street match and at the convention center, and you can find that match, you know, on these episodes on YouTube, and you know that it's just a different, a different way of looking at it than just seeing the regular old Sportatorium all the time. Yeah, I mean, I live for I, it. I was so mad as a kid when I fall asleep on Saturday night and miss the end of it, and I know plenty of people feel the same way. It came on uh, locally in Dallas at. 10 o'clock and went till midnight and if you know right against saturday night live like you always hear about the the show going up against saturday night live and getting better better uh ratings i don't know you know how much of that's legit and stuff but probably in this area it probably was because they were on fire there at the end of 83 84 i mean carrie's got the the girls coming in and the guys are you know we're all for those guys you know the von erics you know they're like the cool guys that you'd see at the ymca you know you wanted to be their friend they were the older guys you know they're nice to all of us on tv <laughs> you know, they really, you know, the family aspect of it pulls the whole family, your whole family into watching. That's why it was so popular is because here, you know, it was pushed as a brotherhood, the father and your parents probably watched and you probably started watching right at the heyday. So, you know, it was a full family thing. Now, my family did not watch, but they did take me to the show. Some of the big ones early on when I, you know, before I could drive because, you know, 13, 14. Uh, but, and they knew who people were from the from a million years ago but they they weren't watching every week but definitely were familiar with gary hart i remember you know that my parents are always familiar with who gary hart was and that uh they had had the spoiler and stuff like that and i'm i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way you know i feel like the channel 11 show i mean every saturday night that was just your where you went your destination kind of like people going to the 605 show on tbs you know that that was their their home <laughs> the channel 11 was my home show <laughs> yeah yeah so i just wanted to, to point that out that you know in dallas there was two shows there was the one we're reviewing and then you had a, a show every saturday night two hours long that mark lorenz kind of walked people through so mercer had the syndicated show mark lorenz had the had the the channel 11 show on cbs on um at 10 o'clock on saturday night so two different shows we only got the one so the point lance was trying to make when he was talking about the beginning of this match is mercer's kind of talking about some things that are going to be happening but he he can't really mention it all because he's waiting for the channel 11 show to air and uh, the, the stipulations to officially be announced so uh it took took a little bit of coordination on their part but uh anything else from the buddy and mantel match lance that uh went to a time limit draw yeah plus you know for instance mercer can't sell it he's not trying to sell tickets to this show this this episode airs on january 14th and the big show that they're building to this big six-man rematch was on january 30th so i mean he's not you know channel 11's already built this show up for weeks um it's you know um let me see where i'm at yeah we kind of went over each of those uh parts i wanted to do channel 11 you know as i said had the weekly promos for the local card and i you know i put mercer ahead of I mean, I put Mark Lorenz ahead of Mercer because of what Mark Lorenz had to do each week selling everybody while Mercer had to uh, just, you know, general terms and not worry about it. But uh, I'm coming around on old Bill Mercer more than I was in early 83. He, he he does okay sometimes. You know, sometimes he just doesn't have the camera view. He's using a little bitty monitor. I'm not sure sometimes if he knows what the plan was and what he should be pushing. Unlike Mark Lorenz, who looks like 
when you listen to Mark Lawrence in Fort Worth, it's as if he went in the production meeting and took some serious notes on exactly what he was supposed to be pushing. And that's what he does. Um, Mark Lawrence definitely pushes what we should be thinking about each move in the territory. Bill Mercer's biggest problem is when he's calling certain moves, he will call something completely different than what what you see. Like, I can't remember if it was a pile driver or something. There was something we were doing a couple of episodes ago on the Patreon feed, and he he called the finishing move just I can't uh, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a pile driver. But he he literally called it something completely different. Um, the the brain buster also that Jimmy Garvin would do. He did the brain buster and he called it something completely different. I just and I wish I had this stuff committed to memory, but that was like the one thing that Real Mercer would always do that you just kind of <laughs> chuckle at. He was like, "What, what, what were you watching? What did you see?" And maybe it's because he's he's he is sitting kind of far away, and he's got this little bitty monitor in front of him at the Sportatorium show. So I don't know. Maybe there was something to that. I mean, who knows? But I mean, Mercer's not bad. I mean, he's not bad. I, nah. and again, he was one of the voices that I listened to as a kid. So I don't <laughs> have anything bad to say about him. I I enjoy Bill Mercer. I mean, he okay, was, you know, <laughs> a co- my a co- my opinion. I understand. A couple more things from that match. Uh, Mercer announces that the NWA has reviewed uh, Garvin's win on Christmas night, and the American title has been held up. Um, The missing link in this uh, has been acquired by Akbar, and now he's in Devastation Incorporated. They actually come through the the side door. Uh, You mentioned a mantel with a a clothesline. It looked like a sling blade, actually. You know, the modern-day sling blade we're always seeing on Raw on Roberts. you know, it's a draw. It's cool. You know, they don't hurt Johnny. You know, they keep him strong so that people have faith um, in it, with him. You know, he's going to be on these spot shows against Missing Link getting, you know, put, uh, you know, doing the, doing the job. But, you know, it gives him strength that he's going one-on-one with Roberts. And Roberts a six-man world champ at the time, so, you know, they're keeping him strong. Yeah. So, you know, a, a draw is almost like a definitely better than a loss. Yeah, yep, I agree. All right, so we'll keep moving. We'll go to the next match. And I want to remind everyone, Lance and I do this every two weeks on the Patreon feed. So if you're not a patron, become one at tinyurl.com slash PatreonBTT. You get access to all of the world-class shows, which to date we have now done end of 82, all of 1983, and these shows in 1984 through the one you're listening to January 14, 1984. So they're all there at tinyurl.com slash PatreonBTT. Not only do you get the audio version, but if you want the video version, you can get that as well because Lance and I do a video version where we are kind of, uh, uh, we show the finishes and play the promos, uh, similarly how we do with the NWA show and Smoky Mountain show and all that good stuff. So uh, there's that. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash PatreonBTT. BTT. Uh, next match up is Black Gorman versus Chris Adams. During the introductions, uh, Jimmy Garvin does crash the party. Uh, Lance, I want to play that first um, before we do anything else. Sound good? Sure, sure. All right, so let's go now to Mercer uh, or Mark Lawrence in the ring. Gordman. Across the ring from England, his opponent, 230 pounds, gentleman Chris Adams. Your official for this event will be Bronco Lubitsch. Just shut your mouth and listen to the greatest wrestler in the world for a minute. You just wait a minute, too. I want everybody here to know, and I want you to know that I'm the real American heavyweight champion. And I don't care what people are saying. 
I don't care about it. I know the fact that it's held up as a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy because the title's held up, just like the Texas title. Why don't we defend it right now? Why don't you wrestle me right now? Let's just get it settled right now. You're probably too afraid and don't have enough guts anyway, Englishman. And Jimmy just attacked Chris Adams and suplexed him. Well, look what happened here. <laughs> Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin comes romping in and makes a big speech. And then in his best behind-the-back attack, he comes off with another sleazy, sleazy attack on Chris Adams. See that lady in the red. And Chris Adams opening <laughs> up on Black Gorman because he, I guess... Uh, go that, ahead, what were you about to that, say? That, I like that lady in the red that goes around ringside. It's one of the classic, you know, she's still there. She's been there all year. I didn't think she'd last this long, but she goes up to ringside and yells at everybody, and she's wearing red. You'll see her on several matches this episode. Uh, just, uh, you know, a way throwback. You know, if you told me years ago that... Uh, or, or, I mean, if you told me years ago, yeah, that Gordman and Adams were having a match, I wouldn't have paid attention. But now, in, in my older age, you know, I know that Adams has, uh, you know, was in Mexico. I know the legend that uh, Gordman was. So I was kind of up for this match, but <laughs> it's it's pretty quick. Yeah, there's not much to it. I mean, essentially, Adams wins as you, you watch it in the Patreon video and. Uh, that's it. Um, you know, he's attacked by Garvin at the beginning, but he he then gets and rolls up Gordman rather quickly after Gordman tries to take advantage of what Garvin did to Adams. Adams still wins with the roll up, and it was super duper quick. I mean, there was not much to it. Um, I got to put you on the spot, ask you a question, because I swear I watched this and I don't remember this. Uh, let me remind people, Chris Adams won the American title at Star Wars, he beat Garvin. Now, and now it's held up. No, no, no. <laughs> he, uh, Adams won at Thanksgiving. He won the title at Thanksgiving. They had the rematch at Christmas where it was uh, the Adams title versus five minutes with Precious for Sunshine. And, uh, and Garvin won the match pulling the tights. So the NWA reviewed it, and the title's held up at this point. Okay, um I just watched that. What am I getting wrong? No, you know, he he rolled him up with the tights. And that was the, you know, Adams had him rolled up. He pulled him, he pulled the tights and rolled him on over and got the three count. So Sunshine got screwed out of getting her five minutes at Christmas. Okay, okay, okay. All right, 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 right. Okay, okay. You're right. I'm, I'm getting it twisted. See, this, Come on, I've talked about that enough. You know, the fact I'm, that I I'm, thought they I'm really watching. screwed the fans on Christmas night. I'm watching. I'm watching too much wrestling at one time. <laughs> you're right. I messed that up. My bad. My bad. Okay. So, but at that time, we didn't know nothing about it being held up, though, right? That's why I'm getting he confused. He just the uh, Mercer announced it in the last match. Uh, okay. So I must have missed that in my you're notes. You're reading your right. notes because I I just mentioned that. Yeah, in in my notes, I mentioned that was you know that match between uh Buddy and John Mantell was more like a commercial for the six man rematch. They were announcing that the American title was held up. They were you know you were falling asleep during that draw. Um no yeah you know see that's why I have Lance because he's got all this stuff memorized by heart. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. All right. So I, I messed that one up. Pretty it is bad. easier right. to do without looking at my notes. Honestly, well, like, I, I here's. Just, 
here's the, here's the thing that always gets me, um, and and we've talked about this on the show a bunch of times. WC W World Class was bad about titles at this point. And what I mean is, we've talked about the American tag titles in that situation. Um, it's hard to keep straight who's got the titles when. Maybe you had, maybe maybe it was easier for you because you got the Fort Worth show, so you got Mark Mark Lawrence kind of narrating it for you and kind of telling you more what's going on. If you just got this show, the syndicated that we do the reviews on, sometimes it's hard to keep up with who's got the title and and what's happening when. If the, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, at least for me. It definitely is. Uh, you know, the the thing is that the Texas title with David, David hasn't defended the Texas title since, you know, the summer, since he finished with uh, Garvin, the Garvin feud. And he's the Texas champion. We don't ever hear about that until right. he, he passes away in another month. Um, he's the Missouri champion, but you know they don't never mention that in Dallas. Never. It's, it's strange that they don't mention that, you know, as good of friends as Mushnick was running the uh, St. Louis office with Fritz, how much he pushed all three boys. Um, but, you know, that's never mentioned. And so, you know, it is a little tough with those titles. We saw the American titles won by Kerry and Brody over the Freebirds in, Jan- in June. I think they defended it a couple of weeks later. And then Brody left in August and the titles were just held up. And now we have uh, the Super D's won them up north. And then they got beat on Christmas by Brian Adias and Iceman King Parsons. There you go. Okay, so now I'm straight. My bad, Lance. <laughs> All right. So it's just uh, that my... right now it's just the fact that the uh, the Texas title's just out there. You know, David has it, but I uh, I think that they I think that they use the same title for the American belt as they do the Texas belt. I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, kayfabe on that one. Uh, I know, <laughs> but <sure>. but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the last match. Then we got Missing Link versus Kerry Von Eric and. Link attacks Carrie before the bell rings with a headbutt off the top rope. And then Kevin has to come out and help Carrie because of the attack. And Carrie's busted open like right away because of the headbutt from Link. Uh, uh, it's not a big juice shot, but he's still busted open. Um, they don't do much, but the fans are into it, as usual, in the Sportatorium because it's just how it was in, back then. Um, at one point, Akbar and Kevin start mixing it up because Kevin's, Kevin's on the outside. Uh, Akbar crawls into the ring and Link protects him. It ends up being a, a double DQ. I was kind of fine with everything that happened here, but let me uh, let me get your thoughts on it, Lance. I'm just going to go through. So Akbar accompanies Link um, in from the side door. Uh, you know, the Link, again, he's working on this character. He's got the blue around his eyes, but no green. Back to uh, working on what this character is going to be. It's funny because at the end of 83, early 84, the magazines had just started covering the missing link, you know, this new character in wrestling that, you know, this guy, Dewey Robertson, he had been wrestling for a million years. He's come up with this this character. I don't know if uh, it was uh, – I, I have trouble believing that it was Bill Watts. I just don't know because Bill Watts didn't keep him around very long. But the magazines, by the time he came into world class, the magazines were pushing the missing link as this guy and pushing that his name was actually Max. And it was a crazy – crazy article that uh, that they pushed in several of the magazines that Akbar said that his real name was Max and it was Max the missing link but by the time you know we're seeing this on world class there's no mention of that you know it's one of those magazine things that just never came to fruition here uh, in in world class it was you know just totally not looked at that at all but it, it's kind of funny um, you know he just wasn't in mid south that long to, and he's still developing the character um, Mercer says that Link has a fetish for his own forelock because he's grabbing his head and kind of posing for the camera a ton. Um, 
pre-match, uh, Link goes to the corner and jumps off the second rope to start the match. As Carrie's still signing autographs, and he uh, headbutts Carrie. So Carrie's, you know, kind of attack from behind the to, and that's why he's so wobbly or otherwise our hero carry would uh just you know squash anybody that got in his way but you know he's been deep beat down uh pre-match um you know kevin comes in man kevin's got that all japan jacket on man i <laughs> i love that all japan jacket i wish I, that would be a cool a souvenir if somebody had one of those from the early 80s um anyway uh the camera shows uh Let's see what I did. Oh, oh! When Carrie's up bleeding, Carrie gets up on the apron and takes, uh, you know, takes his ring jacket off. It's very intentional. Carrie never took his ring jacket off till after the beatdown. Gets up on the ring apron. He knows his audience out there. Um, Carrie says he's ready, and he goes from zero to a uh, hundred miles per hour. You know, in two seconds, the bell rings and the match is on. Uh, you know, Carrie goes into his kind of his flurry, you know, his offensive kicks and punches, and uh, the crowd is just freaking nuts. Um, Link headbutts Carrie to slow him down. Anytime Carrie got something going, you know, it was basically the Link slowing him down with headbutts because Carrie's been, you know, groggy since uh, pre-match. Um, Carrie back to his feet, uh, uh, punches to Link, big drop kick by Carrie. Uh, the Link takes a powder to the floor. Um the link is back in, back on offense. Carrie still, as I said, groggy. Two count, uh, but Carrie powers him off. You know, Carrie still got strength. You know, uh, the link goes for a headbutt dive off the second rope. Carrie moves, a knee drop by Carrie. Carrie whips Link into the ropes, comes off with a headbutt to Carrie, a two count by the link. Link on the apron outside. Carrie snap nares uh, the link back in. He whips uh, Link into the ropes and catches Link with a sleeper for a few seconds. Um, there's a missed elbow drop by Carrie. Oh, Link's biting Carrie's bloody forehead. Um, the crowd again, it's just freaking going crazy for all of this. He headbutts Carrie out of the ring, Carrie back in, go gets that, you know, goes again to his kind of flurry, you know, punches and kicks and finishes with a big discus punch. And so, you know, that's kind of the end of the match. Carrie gets to do his discus punch, but, but Mercer says it looks like Carrie's bleeding from the forehead after he's been, yeah, for the last eight minutes, he's been bleeding all over the place and Mercer just catches up. Um, I don't think he. I, I I think you. I think you hit on something for the first time in a year. I think Mercer's so far back. You know, obviously he can't see it. And I mean, you don't have to be that far back not to be able to see a little bit of blood right there. I think he's just far enough back, sitting on on with that back that that green backdrop in the corner of uh, of one of the rings. And I just no, think aisles, he, yeah. So he's up the yeah. aisle, you know, 30, forty feet away from the ring. Yeah, with a little right. Monster. You can see it. he he's, right. and he's and he's and he doesn't have a clean shot because he's in a corner spot. So he's kind of. Looking through the corner post, I don't know if he can see. And he he literally, you can see it sometimes on some of the, the end of show interviews that he does, uh, at least in early 83 and late 82, I think he did, where he's got that damn little bitty monitor. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like one of those old little TVs, those handheld, not handhelds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Little, um, TVs that sit in front of you. And I mean, that thing might be four inches at most. I mean, I'm just, so yeah. I, I just don't, I think he's watching that and I, I, I don't know if he can really see that Carrie's bleeding. I, I because and that's I think that's part of the issue. He's trying to call things from that monitor and he just can't see. Uh, maybe somebody out there knows Bill Mercer and you know will hear this and confirm that or deny it. But I don't think Mercer intentionally just missed things. I just think he just couldn't see it. So and with the blood, I just think he didn't see it definitely. Because I mean honestly, it's not easy to make out 
at first. It takes a minute or two for you to realize because Carrie's hair is like over his forehead. Anyway, so I, I just wanted to point that out. I got you. You know, um, so uh, at one point, Akbar tries to grab Carrie's leg when they're by the ropes. Kevin chases him away. Akbar runs into the ring with Kevin chasing him. They back. Uh, uh, Akbar gets behind the link in the in the corner, and both Kevin and Carrie are staring him down. Uh, Merce, uh, Manning separates them, but Kevin's not having any of it. Kevin pushes Manning away. They get a few shots in on Akbar. I mean, on the link, but Manning's back in there to separate them, and it allows uh, Akbar and the link to get out of the ring with a. It's a double DQ. I think it was six minutes and thirty two seconds was the time. Yep, double DQ. Um... And honestly, I enjoyed it because it was hot from the beginning. They didn't do much, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was real good stuff. So, Lance, anything else from this match before we start to wrap things up? So I can make sure this Patreon video doesn't go another four to five minutes. So I can. Get I know I went too long on a couple of those, just kind of giving a little too much stuff. Hey, at the end of the show when Mercer's closing it, you can see on the opposite side that they're drawing the uh, lucky number out of the program for uh, tickets to the next week's matches, or they used to give away these Zippo lighters that said "Taken by Force" by Fritz von Erich that. <laughs> like if anybody's got one out there there's two different styles there's a kind that you could win at the sportatorium there's actually another one that's just a little different that fritz would actually give out to people uh friends you know in business and things like that and i don't have either one of them but i'll take it <laughs> hey so you know we've been doing these since the first week of 83 and so uh now it's the first week of 84 so it's actually andre the giant week you know he's been coming into dallas uh the first week of the year since basically 72 there's not there's not too many times he didn't do it uh, the first week of the year. He also comes in for another big show. So this crowd, you know, they're they're there's no letdown after a big uh, reunion show. You see the sportatorium's full. Plus they bring in the the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh, wrestling attraction there is in uh, you know a traveling attraction as in in Andre the Giant. We're going to see that next week. And it's always cool to see Andre in the Sportatorium because he really towers over the people on the benches coming down the aisle and things like that. Yeah, and what they say is, um, here, let me just play it real quick and then um, then I'll stop the Patreon video and you and I can continue after uh, afterwards for a little while since I'm not time-constrained video-wise on the audio. Here it is. Hold on. In the continuing saga and drama of Chris Adams and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and the strange apparition, the missing link, Teaming up with Akbar, the battle with Kerry Von Erich. Next week, a world-class championship wrestling. You'll be seeing a tremendous tag team main event. The Iceman King Parsons has as his partner the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant, seven foot four, five hundred and five pounds, against the Super D's. As the Iceman looks for more revenge against the Super D's and Akbar. I'm Bill Mercer. Thanks for being with us on world-class championship wrestling. We'll see you next time around. So there you have it. Uh, Mercer renounces ice, uh, not only Iceman, but Andre, as you just said. So, And yeah, we did the show last year when Andre came in. So there you go. There's something to look forward to. It's the Andre week. And, you know, it was kind of like when Andre came into Mid-South for me. We talked about this when we did that show. Uh, fun little surprise because you, you definitely didn't see Andre all the time. I mean, you rarely saw him a couple times a year at the most. So, uh, Lance, anything else before I hit stop on at least the video portion of this thing? No, I, I, I do want to just throw in real quick. Anybody, uh, it's Andre Week. He's going to team with uh, Super Deez, but the Monday before in Fort Worth, they'd actually see, they never televised the main events in Fort Worth, but they did a few weeks later. They showed this match. It's the Andre Kamala match from uh, 
uh, January 2nd, and that's on YouTube, and I encourage everybody to go check that out. I also, uh, on my Twitter, I put a link to the Mickey Grant interview, the producer of uh, World Class, and I think it's uh, definitely worth checking out if you ever want to hear about some of the production and how they came up. talks about how they came up with the name World Class. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. I, re- I remember, uh, I think I've seen either part of that or the whole thing. So, all right, I'm going to hit stop on the video, but you and I will keep going on the audio portion because I want to ask you a question. Um, okay, so as far as um, this episode, you got anything else before we, uh, before we start wrapping things up? I thought you were about to talk and I screwed up. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <see>. okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just saying going forward, we're uh, building to the January 30th Fort Worth show. Uh, we're going to have David's sudden death going to Texas Stadium, the 84 summer, um, at uh, the return of Gino Hernandez, finally, and, uh, you know, Adam's heel turn. So, you know, that's about all I had on it. You know, I've had a good time reviewing 83 with you. What do you got? What's your question? Um, so you're talking about that interview with Mickey Grant, right? Yeah. Man, remember when I messaged you, I used either text or via DM on Twitter, and I said, hey, do you want to do like a watch-along type walkthrough on the heroes of world class? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this, and then this is this is going out on the free feed too for everyone. It's just not on the video portion of it. We've been doing this. Doc and Harper and I actually took the end of '82, and we did those for on on Patreon. And then you and I picked up uh, because I touched base with you since you're the world class expert. And um, Doc didn't want to hear this, but I mean, you you know exponentially more about the promotion than he does because uh, he's just a lazy bastard as I play heel on Doc right now because <laughs> he's not here and he can't defend himself. And uh, and he likes to take shots at you on the free show, so I'm going to take a shot at him. It's all in fun, everybody. It's all a fucking work. Don't get your panties in a bunch. We all like each other. We're all friends here. Whatever. Uh, so uh, we were talking about doing that. I wonder I wonder if we should like just pause for a couple of weeks and like just do like three or four episodes on that. But I, the problem is with that episode or that DVD, The Rise and Fall of World Class, what the hell is it called? Not Rise and Fall. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You want to do what the, the hell the, is it? Which one do you want to he- do? Heroes. It's called Heroes. Heroes. Yeah, right. you want to do Heroes, right? Right. Yeah. Heroes. Okay. Like if we if we did a walkthrough of that, and by walkthrough I mean, I hit play. We listen to a couple of segments, and then Lance, as the expert, you go, "All right, hit stop. Let's talk about this." So basically, we would end up playing almost the whole thing. It would take us forever to get through. That's the only issue. Yeah, we would end up playing the whole thing in like sound clips, unless. You wanted to go through it and say, "Here are the here are the timestamps that we want to play, and here's the ones I want to talk about." That would actually be the way to do it because it wouldn't take us forever, because uh, you would only key in on the important ones. But I wonder if we should do that um, in place of the actual show sometimes. And Lance and I are just uh, we're booking on the fly, as they yeah, say. Yeah, you know, I'll get it out and kind of look at it and see what you know. Sometimes I think that an episode doesn't have anything, and it will. And so um, maybe the same thing. It's been a hundred years since I saw it. Um, I know. <laughs> and it, it, it's it's really cool, you know. That guy who did it, you know, was all in. He worked for uh, the Blue Man Group, Brian Harrison and his girlfriend. They came down several times to the area. Yeah. Um, I, they interviewed me a couple of times, but he didn't use any fan stuff. He did. He interviewed a lot of fans. I remember I took all my eight by tens and spread them out on the hood of my car for this for him to film. Uh, we were at a small uh, fan get together before they started having bigger ones. This was a tiny one in Dallas, and uh, you know, so I saw him a couple of times. He used his interviews because uh, I was at the the second time he interviewed me was at a at a bigger fan convention. And he used a lot of interviews of the wrestlers like Baby Doll in it, but he didn't use uh, any fan stuff. So I didn't make the director's cut either. <laughs> but that would yeah. be fun. I'll, I'll get it out and, and and go over it. I haven't watched it in a hundred years either. 
I was just thinking about it. I mean, honestly, if you want to like, um, I was just, because there's so much, there's a lot of, I remember watching that video and there's, there's a lot of gold in there and some like really interesting things. The thing is with it, you know more about it than I do. So you would be in a working wise, you would like maybe, there may be certain things in there where you go, man, I know for a fact from X, Y, and Z and other sources that this is a hundred percent true. Or you'd be able to say, eh, <laughs> such and such maybe kind of just stretching things. They're not oh. lying, but they're making it sound like, so anyway, I, if it's something you want to do, we can do yeah, it. If I'll not, give it a know, shot. I'll go over it and, and see what I, you know, start it and see what's going on and everything. I, uh, it, if it's not, not the, well spent, you know, don't worry about it. Cool. You know what I mean? I, did yeah. I mention the, the next match? I mean, the next episode has uh, the ravishing smooth operator versus Kamala, early uh, Rick Rude. I'm seeing that on the screen right now. I'm excited to watch that. January 21st of 84? World yeah, Boston. the next episode. That's that same night that I'm talking about that Andre's teaming with the uh, Super Ds. It's, uh, it's uh, Kamala versus Rick Rude. Early uh, okay. Rick Rude. I'd already seen Rick Rude in Georgia, and I guess he'd done Mid-South probably right after that when he started teaming, and um, he'd done Southwest around this time probably, but <laughs> it's good physique and everything, but it, you know, going to look much more colorful when he comes in in a few years into world class. <laughs> I'm trying to remember... Um... God, I'm trying to remember. We haven't seen Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels will come in in 85 for a match with uh, Billy Jack and with uh, One Man Gang. So, you know, once in a while you get things like that where the guy who really, you know, becomes this huge star is just starting out as a jobber. All right. So I just looked it up, you know, full disclosure. I'm on my computer because I, I, I wasn't quite certain. And Rick Rude debuted in mid-south i knew it was i knew it was against rip rogers but i wasn't sure when but he debuted in mid-south against rip rogers nope september 1st 1983 oh september 83 okay okay so so yeah three three months okay so he's already there okay so he got booked in just like how they've been booking in uh oh uh, ernie ladd and um the junkyard dog had already come in a couple of times so that's that's kind of that okay yeah, so if it aired September first, eighty three, that means he was in Mid South, and, and, and at least by August, um, since that was his first TV match for them. So, uh, yeah, Rick Rude was uh, came in. I, I if you would have asked me, I would have said eighty four, but it was eighty three that he came in there, in Mid South. So he go, I guess he goes to world class after. Uh, and when to, they to filmed that Mid South show, you know that you always see from the Irish McNeil boys. How many episodes? Do you know how many they were filming at once? God, you know, this is where somebody's going to say, you're supposed to be the Mid-South expert. Um, three, but I know there were times when they did more. At least okay. I feel like there was. I don't have it committed to memory, though, to, to be to be honest. I was, in, I was in Shreveport a few weeks ago, and me and my 16-year-old were kind of joyriding. I thought, man, I, I don't know where that place was. I, don't, I think it's not standing or something's in its spot. And I thought, well, you know, if I was really more into this, I could go find that because we were just goofing off when my wife was at the casino. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Actually, one of our listeners, uh, Sean Sparks, he tweeted out a while back at, at Sparks third coast three rd for third coast he tweeted out uh maybe during the summer of uh 2017 at one point he got pictures of the site where it used to be so like he he took pictures of uh of the old location of it similarly similarly how people take pictures of the grassy area where the sportatorium was 
Yeah. Uh, which I thought yeah. was very, uh, you know, so, but uh, he posted, so no, it's the, the actual building is, is not there anymore. I tell you, I know uh, when Zach Sabre Jr. came in uh, to wrestle last year in Dallas, maybe, man, now it's been maybe two years on a show, he went over there to the Sportatorium. And, and supposedly Luthez had some of his ashes spread on several different area, uh, several different famous arenas, including the Sportatorium. I don't know about that, but <laughs> who knows? Really? Who knows? <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, again, who knows? We're not we're not saying it's not true. We just don't know. Okay. Uh Lance, anything else, man? Tell the people where to follow you at SMU Heavyweight, right? On Twitter? At SMU Heavyweight, and they'll be surprised I've been doing this a year with you when I'm still getting tongue tied a year later. But hey, hey, Mike pulled me out of obscurity. He's unleashed me on the world today. I'm not behind the uh, the paywall, but it's been a good year, Mike. I really appreciate you doing this, man. 1983, you know, I talk about it without even looking at my notes. You know, I feel so good about it. It was just such a great time. And we're going to get into 84 and a lot to look forward to with, you know, Texas Stadium. And, you know, I really like the Chris Adams turn. I, I do. I I think he's a, a heel. I think he should have stayed a heel uh, the rest of his career. I really do. Um, fantastic stuff. Um, with the world title, you know, the, everybody's hero in, in world-class carry is going to go for the world title. And, you know, I think that maybe a lot of people say that there might be a letdown after Kerry loses it after two weeks. But I say that maybe they had lost audience because people were figuring out that this, you know, world title mess, you know, you weren't just going to get the world title. And, you know, the, the, the champ was always going to screw, get screwed um, or always going to screw somebody over. So, you know, I think it was cool that they let uh, that Kerry won. It kind of, you know, gave were you know, future title matches, you know, there was a chance that Kerry was going to win it again or somebody else because they had seen a title change. So a lot of good stuff in 84, man. I uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. I appreciate everybody listening and I'm um, just going to keep on working, trying to do better at this in 84 <laughs> with 84 year. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Like like Lance said, we we've been doing this for over a year now, and like I said, we we also did. If you're wondering, Lance is saying eighty three. That we started, we did a few. Not me, not Lance and I, but me and the the regular crew, the regular BTT unprofessional assholes out there. Uh, myself, Doc, and Hopper. We did the we did November. I think we actually did October, November, and December of eighty two. Right when right before and when the shit hit the fan with the free birds and von eric so that was a fun part of the journey as well uh so good stuff no lance i appreciate you doing this and thank you very much you've been a world of help with world class because again doc doesn't know shit about world class even though he says he grew up on it uh he's gonna bust on my ass though for this episode he's probably the oh, only he one he's gonna listen to me i know he's gonna have a lot to say i'm just gonna he bury will. my head in the sand <laughs> well the, the best part about it too is i'm not t- i haven't you know you and i are recording this six days before christmas it's December 19, 2018, it'll drop Christmas Eve, late Christmas Eve, very late Christmas Eve. So maybe everybody out there wrapping presents and all that good stuff and enjoying your holiday and drinking some uh, Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog or, or whatever you're drinking in your glasses. You wrap your kids' presents or wrap your significant other's presents. You'll listen to it then. But Doc has no clue that this show will drop Christmas Eve slash Christmas Day uh, as a bonus episode. So I'm sure he'll, he's already said you put him to sleep. He's already said you bore him. <laughs> you know how he is, man. And Hopper, I, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't even say anything. But Doc, you know, Doc's got to get cheap heat because he can't get heat any other way. And I'll put those guys is. over. I think that some of the analysis they do on the NWA shows are are, are really right on. You know, y'all also do the, the Smoky Mountain, which I'm going to really try to get into that in the next year. That's my least thing I know in this world is the Smoky Mountain wrestling. You know, it just wasn't at a it wasn't on in Dallas and it just didn't I wasn't getting the magazines anymore when when Smoky Mountain was going on. But, you know, your interviews with the guys that took were part of that are 
are just fantastic. Everybody should look up uh, one of Mike's interviews. Then once you look up one, you'll look up another. Uh, look up tons because Mike's a really good interviewer. And those other guys, you know, they, I know they give me shit, but I, I do enjoy their NWA reviews. And also, you know, Mike has a pretty good relationship with Jim Cornette, and which is, you know, gives him street cred right there in the wrestling world. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and you don't I have think. to blow I, you know, me anymore than you're doing. <laughs> it's what's that? I said you can stop blowing me now. It's <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a I'm Christmas just... present. I didn't get your bottle of Hennessy in your uh, stocking yet, <laughs> so I have to. Uh, I'm not a, did you? I did you get you the shirt I way. sent you? Did you get your shirt? No, you didn't get my shirt to me yet. But I'm waiting. <laughs> it's it hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> no, it's not here yet. Okay, I need to I need to figure out what's going on because I got a notification that uh it shipped uh at least seven days ago. So. Um, uh, that, that's, that's actually worrisome to me, but let's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that off, off air. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, uh, no, no, Lance, thank you for the kind words, man. I appreciate it. I, I actually don't think I'm that good, man. I, th- I think I'm average at best. So, and, uh, but, but I have good co-hosts. I have you, I have, don't Doc, say I have that because that myth puts me way down. <laughs> if no, you're no, only no, average. No. <laughs> no, I'm average at best. Doc and Doc and Harper. Uh, there you go. You want me to toot their horn? Toot, toot. They, uh, they do a great I, job. I, and Hey, if you listen to co-hosts. my early episodes, you know, I was trying to stuff every Everything into one episode just as much as I could because I didn't know how long Mike was going to keep me on here. But uh, and I've settled down. There, the episodes, if you're hearing this and you join in, you know the episodes we did uh, with the June 17th show at Reunion and the the Country Whipping match, which is episode 98 on the network. I'm really proud of those episodes we did. When I look back, um, there's the August 12th six man, and there was a six man that oh, two weeks before that that we covered that I thought were fantastic. Um, you know, I have my good shows and my bad shows, so <laughs> enjoy. No, it's cool, man. You do a great job each and every time we do these world-class shows. So I don't have anything else, man. So uh, if you don't have anything else and I don't have anything else, why don't you piss off Harper and hit the tagline, Lance? Oh, man, you always do this to me. Ah, book it, bitch. Welcome to World Class Championship Wrestling from the world famed Sportatorium here in downtown Dallas, Texas, the most famous wrestling arena in the world. We bring you World Class Championship Wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer, and great to have you with us wherever you may be throughout the world. 